We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Tonight's interview is with Melinda Strauss, who is a popular blogger, influencer, and certified health coach. During this episode, Melinda talks about her journey to self-discovery and how she's done a tremendous amount of self-work to get to where she is today. Melinda shares the moment she decided to create goals, to create a fundamental change in her life. She spoke about self-awareness and how she utilizes that to be super conscious of her decisions and how she's left toxic energy behind and become the woman she is today. Melinda talks about loving her body and the daily life and challenges of being a type one diabetic. She also offers some super helpful mindset tips, including how you can't change your past, but you can use your past to change your future. She also talks about society's expectations and how to stop worrying about what other people think of you. This interview is packed with such great advice and inspiration, and I can't wait for you to listen and be inspired. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com, to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. I was a pain in the butt. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was a big pain in the butt. I mean, when I was little, I was like so sweet and cute. And then I got to that age, I would say like puberty age, and I just started like fighting back more and being cranky all the time. I know, isn't this fun? And this is how we're starting the show with, oh my God, I was such a bee, but I was <laughs> I'm a third, I'm a third child. I'm there are four in my family. There's three girls and a boy. So I'm number three. And I definitely got away with a lot more than my siblings when I was growing up for sure. Wow. It's so funny because you mentioned that you weren't the easiest kid, but I feel like those kids become the best adults. Oh, I love that. I'll, I'll take it. I mean, listen, it's been, there's been a lot of work that I've had to do on myself. I just posted recently this great video about how there are people in your life who still only know the old you and they're, oh, yeah. so they're like sitting and thinking about or talking about the old you and you're a new person. So it, it didn't just happen on its own, me becoming a very, very different person, but it always makes me laugh when I think of who I was as a kid. Cause it's, I mean, I'm still a lot of the same, but like different at the same time. Right. Right. I would love to hear about your journey to becoming someone different. Oh, self-awareness is like a, it's, it's a pretty wild journey. And I think that I know from my own personal experience, at least that when it came to becoming a different person, it was a decision. It was 
like I had all these little epiphanies, all these things were being thrown at me. I was reading these books and, and I, you know, I became a health coach and started helping other people. So I started hearing their own experiences. And with all of that, suddenly I started going, I didn't realize that I could actually be better. I didn't realize I could do more. I didn't realize that I could dream. I never knew that you could set big goals that seem unrealistic and then actually go for them and make them reality. But in order to go for all of that, I realized that there was work on myself I had to do. So it was this decision. It was like, all right, Mel, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to start setting boundaries in my life. I'm going to start reading more books about personal growth and talking to more people and surrounding myself with more people who want those same things. But it all started with a decision. And this didn't happen until my 30s. (laughs) So I spent my 20s in, I like to think of it as this living in drama, surrounded by drama, loved gossip. Um, I mean, I was still a fun, good person at the same time and helping other people, but I definitely thrived on the drama for sure. It's so interesting. You know, you just mentioned like a topic that I, it's like, you know, where your focus goes, your energy follows. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's so cool that you figured that out and you just went for it. And I don't think that everyone has to wait. If there's somebody who, out there who says like, I've really been wanting to make some changes in my life. You don't have to wait for something to come at you the way I didn't even know it was possible. And that's one of the reasons I share so much about my journey so that other people don't have to wait until that aha moment. They can, you know, until they're in their thirties, they can hear someone talk about it and go, Oh, I didn't realize I could do that. Maybe there is some work I can do with myself. So by hearing other people's experiences and mine in particular, I want to, I hope that I can inspire other people to, to do it for themselves. I'm not going to do it for you, but that I can inspire you to make that change. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure you are because you, you're so real and authentic. You know what I mean? And people are drawn to that. Thanks. Yeah. So what, what was your journey like to becoming a health coach? Like what, what made you interested in that? That's a, it's kind of a funny one because I started as a food blogger in 2011 and I had just had my daughter and she, I had decided I'm not going to work nine to five anymore. I'm going to stay home, be a stay at home mom with my second kid. She basically slept all day, which was like the greatest <laughs> gift any mom could ever be given. My son, he was in school. My daughter literally just slept. And, and she was so good when she was awake. She's like, don't touch me. Just leave me alone. So I started this food blog because I was just playing in the kitchen and I love food my whole life. Always loved experimenting with recipes. So I started doing all that. And I was, it, it took a few years before I became a coach because I was creating recipes and building this social media and having all this fun. But at the same time, I was struggling with my own, with my, not just my weight, but also how I felt about myself. And I had tried so many different plans. You know, it's always, we think always that the answer is weight loss. And I do believe that could be part of it, but it's more than that. But I was trying all these different plans and they were sort of working and then not working. And it was just me opening a book or signing up for something without any accountability. And then I found a friend, she was walking down the street. She had lost, I mean, she was like a different person. She lost like 80 something pounds. And I'm like, girl, what did you do? Didn't even ask about the program. I'm the kind of person who jumps in to do it. And then I'll see if it works or doesn't work. Because if I don't ever try, then I, then it 100% is not going to work if I don't even give it a shot. So I figured, all right, let me give it a month on this program. And I just started losing weight right away. And with that weight loss, I was also getting coached, which was so cool and something I never experienced before. So we weren't just focusing on here's what you eat and don't eat like a robot, but we were also focusing on mindset, right? And why you got where you were and what are the things you want to change? What are things you love about yourself? What are things you want to work on? And so with that, a few weeks in, my sister's like, I want to join. 
but I'll only do it if you're my coach. <laughs> so I was like, okay, here we go with the jumping in again. So I decided, okay, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to help my sister and then help my mom. And all of a sudden, all these people started seeing our journey and they wanted to join. So it started out just to help one person. Cause I, I believe in sharing when something is working for you, please don't keep it to yourself. Whatever that thing is. If you have a shampoo that you like to use, <laughs> please don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep that. So that's what I, so I, I mean, that's always how I've been anyways, but people just saw our journey and said, I want to do what you're doing. So with that, I realized if I'm going to coach people, I need to actually train and understand what I'm doing. So I'm not being irresponsible. I started, I got certified and I started getting training, which I'm constantly training and learning how to coach people. But that was where it all started for me. And that's actually where the personal growth journey started too, because I was suddenly surrounding myself with people who wanted change in their life and wanted these really big things. And I realized if I can't, if I don't understand why they're doing it, how can I help them do it? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. And I also love what you said about not just being like a robot and mm. what you can eat, what you could eat. It's really all about your mindset and working on that from the inside out. Oh yeah. And it's hard because, and I, this is something that I struggle with and I'm sure other people struggle with it too, is it, weight loss in general, it's not easy, but when you have a plan that works, it can be very black and white and very robotic. But if you don't take the time to also work on yourself, then all the stuff that you just did, it, half the time when people go, Oh, I just gained the weight back. I'm like, well, did you make any other changes in your mind? You get where you get in life for a reason, whatever that is. It's not just about weight. So if you're not working on your mind while you're working on the other things like your body, then all those habits, all the things that got you where you were in the first place, they're just going to come right back. I learned that the hard way for myself over and over and over again from doing these plans without working on my mind. Right. It's like the triggers that caused it. They caused you to whatever. Yeah. And I'm not a therapist. I like just putting that out there. (laughs) That's something I struggle with because I love to listen and I love to give advice and I love to help. So it's actually been a journey for me and learning that I am not a therapist and that the only person I could be here to listen, but the only person who could help you is yourself. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because I think like sometimes coaches kind of like there's some boundaries that, you know, there has to be there, but, um, yeah, no, it's amazing how much you could help other people, especially when you've gone through something yourself, you really have the empathy. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm a work in progress on the empathy. Let's just, I want to make sure really? that's out there. <laughs> so when my sisters are listening to this later and they're like, Melinda's lacking in empathy, it's, it's, yeah, I, I struggle and still do with not just like, I have the struggle where I don't experience something. So when other people have it harder than I do with something, I'm like, what, what is taking you so long? What is, why is this, why is it so hard for you to do that? Like I said before, I just jump into things and I try them because either it's going to work or it won't work. I have a hard time and I'm learning how to empathize or understand when it's not as easy for someone else to do that. Cause things that are easy for me are hard for other people. And the opposite, I have things that are hard for me that are easier for others. So I I've learned that even when I haven't experienced it, like I could help somebody with their weight loss or with, with things that they're working on with health that I never experienced because I I'm learning just how to be a better listener. Right. That's so interesting that you mentioned that about empathy. So how do you work on developing that? Muscle, a lot of reading, reading, okay. reading, reading Re- leaders are readers. I don't know. You could see what I know we're, we're everybody's listening right now, but we're actually on zoom so we can see what's behind each other. I got a whole wall of fun behind me in my office and I love inspirational quotes and I love pictures and things just, just remind me and trigger me throughout the day of positivity and growth and, and all that. Like I literally have this sign behind me that says work. 
because it's very easy for me to get distracted and not work for five hours. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I had things I needed to do. So, I, you know, we all, so many of us go through that, but leaders are readers and you see it over and over and over again. And as much as you want to say, well, I'm not a reader, well, you could become whatever you want if there are things you want in your life that you got to make some changes for. I was not a reader. I taught myself how to become one. Right, right. Or you could figure something else out, like maybe listening to podcasts or something. But like, totally, you need to get that somehow, like the constant. Yeah. Renewal if you don't read, listen, right? There are, you can listen to books on audio. Yes. Which I've been wanting to actually get into. I always said I wasn't an audio person. Guess what? I could be whatever I want. So right. I, I was thinking of downloading <laughs> some audio books and listening to them when I'm in the car or wherever I'll figure that out because I've always just been a reader. And these days in the morning, sometimes I'm like, my eyes just don't focus. So if that's not going to happen, the answer isn't don't read. It's pick up an audio, get an audiobook instead. Yes. Yes. I love that. I just love this lesson that you're bringing out, which is like, that you could always become who you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's so important because like, no one would know that you're not naturally empathetic. You know what I mean? <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, it's true. It's, just, <laughs> it's so cool because this is so inspiring for, this, this should be very inspiring for all women because like, don't use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't like to do this. Like figure out a way. If something's important to you, you'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Put that on a freaking shirt, wear it everywhere. <laughs> or if you put it out, put that quote somewhere. If there's things you hear that are important, rewind, go back, write it down and put it right in front of your face. so You can see it every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love the quotes, by the way, in back of you. Oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> my whole house is full of quotes. I grew up that way. My dad always used to say, he still says it, but a lazy man does a job twice. And now I say it too. And we have these quotes that just fill our lives. And there's such an easy way to, to make a point. And it's true. A lazy man does a job twice. I did my whole college paper on it. Like it's just been always a part of my life. And I have these quotes. I'm worth the work. Like I just looked at that yeah. one and it seems so simple, but I know that I'm worth it because work isn't easy. You want to make a change. You told yourself I am an introvert. Therefore I can't do that. You can still be an introvert and go do that thing anyways. It's just it's going to be hard, and, but we can do hard things. Yeah, for sure. And you just reminded me, you know, I wasn't going to bring this up, but in regards to social media, you know, people think that it's fun and which it is fun sometimes, oh, fun, but so fun. Yeah, but like it's work. Like mm-hmm. you're working when you get on your Instagram in the morning when you're walking your dog and talking to, you know, your followers, that's work. Yeah, every morning I when I'm like brushing my teeth and getting ready for the day, I think, what do I want to talk about this morning on my dog walk? And some mornings I'm like, I don't want to talk about anything, but then I get out there and things just come out of my mouth. But some days I really have to think, what do I want to share today? That's going on in my life that I think could help other people. And that takes work. And then, you know, even typing, like talking and typing. And for some reason, it's, some people it's, it's harder than others to put your face on the screen and talk. The more you do it, the better you get. One mm-hmm. of the things that I find where people struggle is they say, well, I want to grow, but I'm not willing to do dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Cool. So then you don't actually want to grow because if you did want to grow, if that was a priority, you would do it. Yes. Posting stories, posting like I'm all over TikTok. As we know, it's not something that just happened. I post a lot of videos and I have a rule. If it's too hard, I don't, if it's too hard to post, I'm not going to do it. I like my post to be easy and fun and simple so that I'm enjoying it. And I found my vibe through that versus spending hours on a video that gets 10 views. Yeah. I just post, just talk. 
just post and talk, but post a lot of videos, share a lot of things, whatever your, your niche is, or even if you don't know it, you'll find it as you post. Yeah, totally. Same thing with my recipes. When I first started my blog, it's, I guess it's almost 11 years ago. Gosh, that's crazy to think about. My <laughs> pictures were horrible. My writing was hilarious. The way I, like the way that I wrote a recipe, I go back and I fix them once in a while when I see it. My pictures were special. If you go back 11 years ago, they were rough. But if you're waiting until your pictures are perfect, then you're never going to post. And then you're never going to get better. So post the ugly pictures, post the frizzy hair. People don't care about perfection anyways. They don't want you to look perfect. They want to know that you're imperfect just like they are. Yeah. So whether you're starting a new business or oh my gosh, so you know when you have people in your house and then you apologize for your messy house <laughs> yes. and the people who walk into your house are like, I don't care. And it's always that they don't care. If somebody cares, they're not your friend. I walk into somebody's house, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, for what? It's your house. It's cool. I don't care that you have laundry on the floor. That's your thing. Everybody's got their things and we need to stop apologizing for it and embrace the fact that none of us are perfect and that we cannot balance anything and everything. I heard something really interesting this weekend that balance is impossible. If you take your two hands and we could all do it right now as you're listening and you put your hands up like this, there, okay. there's never a full, yeah, go for it. There's yeah. never a full balance. Try and stand still. It's true. There's always a little bit of movement. But if you try instead to find harmony between the different things in your life, some of them will take more priority. Some of them take less because sometimes you got to change a diaper. So you can't fold laundry, can't fold laundry and change diapers at the same time. Something's going to have to give. So it's finding harmony and not balance that will take some of that stress off your shoulders of needing everything to be so perfect all the time. Yeah, that's so true. It's funny you mentioned it because looking back also, like when I first started my Instagram, the pictures were horrific, like so bad. <laughs> and I was thinking, should I like delete them? And then I'm like, no, because people should see the evolution and the growth and that how it's, and you know what I got like in regards to, okay, obviously my account grew, but like the percentage of engagement was just as good as it is now with my beautiful, like more professional pictures. You know what mm, I mean? I love that. Yeah. So, looking at more than just the numbers too, right? Everybody's looking at those numbers and trying to figure out the, that's that validation that you get. Like sometimes I'll go on Facebook and I'm not as active on Facebook, but I still use it. You know, it's really great for health coaching and it's great just to share random things that are going on in my brain that I, I have different people that I connect with on each and every app. So sometimes I go on and I'll look and be like, why doesn't this one have as many likes? And I'm like, Mel, stop worrying about the engagement. If you wanted to put it out there, put it out there. If people don't connect with it, okay, move on go to something new. And if you see that people are connecting with certain things, great, do more of it, but don't delete the old you just because you've grown and changed. Cause the old you is why you are the new you. Yes. That is amazing. That is very profound. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I try. And you can't change your past. You can't change your past, but you can only use your past to change your future. So don't guys, don't delete those ugly pictures. They right. are a part of who you are. Yes, absolutely. And then also what you said, like for, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening and women, professional women. So it's important to remember that just go for it, whether, mm -hmm. whether or not it's going to look perfect, as you said, you, you mentioned that before. So it's like, because then, then you could just be waiting forever. Forever. And it's exhausting. You're always, I just watched this movie recently called an American pickle. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a Seth no. Rogen movie. It, it's a Jewish movie and it's, it's really very special, but it's about a guy who gets pickled for a hundred years. 
this Jewish guy. It's hilarious. It's funny. I liked it. If you're judging me out there, that's, that's on you. So, <laughs> but one thing that that's really interesting in the movie is that the, one of the characters played by Seth Rogen has this app that he's trying to come out with and he wants to sell it. And he's been pushing it off and off and off because he can't pick the perfect color for his logo. And what I'm not gonna tell you what happens because in case you want to go see it, because it's part of the movie, but my, I watched it thinking, Oh my God, just put it out. <laughs> Nobody's going to go, Ooh, that orange isn't the perfect orange. Put it out imperfectly. You can always shift things along the way. Things are going to change, but if you don't even put it out there, it's just, there's then no change will ever happen. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen that happen with your with clients with people who, you know, and it's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> And that's, that's hard. It's so hard when you get frustrated because you want things for other people. It's a, it's a big lesson that I've learned in, in hero coaching and being people's hero, but you can't do that. You can't pull somebody else out of their life to fix them. Nobody needs fixing, but you can't be the one to pull them out. You can be there to hold their hand when they ask you to help them. That's what I do as co- as a coach, that's what I do as a friend. So it's, it's a hard thing because it can be so frustrating to want something for someone else. Like I have people ask me all the time about TikTok. Well, how do I grow? What do I do? All these different things. So I'll share that. And then none of it happens. I'm like, well, you said you wanted it. Why aren't you doing it? I just want to like do it for them. I want to make the list for them of all the topics because I, my brain is always rolling with topics for videos and posts, but I can't do the work for them. That's right. not always easy. For sure. Yeah. And you just reminded me, you know, speaking of, you know, TikTok and, and your Instagram stories, you're pretty outspoken on social media, right? Like you don't hold back from yeah. saying, from, <laughs> from yeah. offering your opinions and in a totally great way, by the way. Um, and sometimes you got flack for it. Like you'll come on and talk about it. So is this something that comes naturally to you or did you have to work on finding your voice? So it is something natural. I will say that it's me being a talker runs in my family. We are all opinionated. If you sit around with me and my siblings and my mom and my dad, the whole family, my grandma, like you will not be able to follow a conversation, but we all know exactly what's happening. And we will always come back around to the original topic, but we're all big talkers. We're all very involved in our communities. We're all very involved in some way or another. Like my whole family lives in Seattle. My dad is the president of the shul. He's been a few times. My brother-in-laws have been presidents of the shul. My sisters are very involved helping to start up a school. Like everybody's very involved because we're the kind of people that if you want to get it done, we're just going to do it because it's, but and one of the struggles with that is that you end up doing everything versus asking people for help. But that's the, that's where I was saying before, like it's, it's taking that step back and allowing other people to do what they need to do, but we're all just very outspoken. We don't mess. Like I'd say, don't mess with us. Uh, that was like the old Mel who would be like, you mess with me. I'll mess with you. <laughs> I don't do that anymore, but it's, I've now I've learned to set boundaries in a different way. There's no revenge. There's no, you mess with me. I'm calling whoever, whatever. Now I just block you. I'm not friends with you. I just set you out of my life. Like random strangers who want to have an opinion about my opinion. If you're up for a conversation, I am totally in. But if you're just coming to be angry at me or accuse me of things that you know nothing about, then I'm just going to let you go. I'm going to delete the comment. Sometimes I do need to block a person here or there. Quite a few people. You can't control everybody and how they think, but I can control the boundaries that I set for my life. So I get to control. And that's why I think with growing on social media and growing in your business, the more you grow, the more you put yourself out there, the more people are going to talk about you. Yeah. 
because you're making a name for yourself and everybody's got an opinion about you. Put yourself on a TV show. People are going to talk about you. It's okay. It's not okay. I mean, I'm not (laughs) condoning it, but, but in saying it's okay if what you're doing is worth it and you're doing something that's making a difference. People are going to talk about you no matter what. So you might as well go out there and do something about it and just ignore the nasty, vile, (laughs) toxic comments as hard as it is. It's remembering number one, that people who throw toxic stuff out there, they've got stuff in their own life they're dealing with. It's not about you. It's okay to look at yourself and say, Hey, is there something I can work on? But most of the time, those comments are coming from a place of they've got something in their own life they're working on. And it's not about me. I know what I'm doing. I know. And then sometimes I'll share something and it's a little intense and I'll apologize for it. Or, or sometimes I'll delete something where I'm like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have gone that far. Or I'll write something up and read it and go, Nope, not going to say it because it's also knowing your audience, right? Knowing right. the room. Sometimes it's okay to say things. Sometimes we go a little too far, but I, I think that now it's taken me a little while to get here, but I try to say things that I, even when they're really, really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Even when they're controversial, if I feel it's important to say it because it has a message that comes with it, that's when I'll say things. I'm not going to say controversial things just to say them anymore. Right. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Because it's a growth process. Yeah. You real, like you've learned, but I love what you said about just protecting your own energy and focusing on yourself. Cause first of all, no one else is paying your bills. So no one else's opinion really matters. Yeah. You know, it's just funny how people, people put their own, um, objectives on to you, their own opinions, their own experiences. And sometimes people, you know, even when you ask for advice, you're, they're still putting their own experiences onto you. So you have to remember that. Oh, 100%. I get that a lot with, you know, with health coaching where people will say, well, this didn't work for me or with blogging. Well, this didn't work for me. Cool. But every person's different. We all start in a completely different place and our minds are all completely different. So what didn't work for you may work for somebody else. Why would you take that away from them? I had plans that didn't work for me, but I would never say to someone, oh, you shouldn't do that one. Right. Because it didn't work for me because then I'm taking away what could change their life because of my own negative experience. So it's, it's, it's important, especially like, I'll tell you, I had a few years ago, a tummy tuck, very open about it. I wanted the whole experience to be a lesson for people because I was choosing to do something for myself, for my body. I had diastasis. That was, I mean, my muscles, forget it. They were on opposite sides of the country. And I had a lot of skin that just did not it was not, there were a lot of reasons fine, but that skin was a, a very special part of it, <laughs> all that extra skin. So I decided to do the surgery and I had someone say to me, well, you know, you're not going to love yourself anymore when you get it. And I was like, wow, do you think that's why I'm having the surgery to love myself more? Like I'm a work in progress. I'm always working on loving myself, but this surgery actually had nothing to do with that. It wasn't even about confidence. It was about two very important things. Sure. I love that my stomach is flat now. It's flat as a board, but that wasn't the reason I went into the surgery. So it was interesting to see how that person took what they were experiencing in their life, something they were working on and they put it on me. So I shared my whole experience and talked about that in particular, that asking more questions instead of just assuming, you know, what somebody's doing, because when somebody, even when someone comes to you for advice about something, You can either just give the advice based on your own experience, or you can be curious and ask more questions. Why are they looking for the advice in the first place? My sister and I have a rule. My sister Francine, we have this rule that if she calls me up, 
not if, when we talk all the time, but there's sometimes where she wants to vent and sometimes she wants advice. And I tell her, I'm like, I need you to just let me know which one you want. <laughs> hey, Mel, I'm just calling a vent. Cause you know, when you want to vent about yeah. something and then the other person wants to just give you all the advice and you're like, no, <laughs> no, I just needed to get it off my chest. Yes. I did. I said it to my husband. I'm like, I just, I need to just say this. You don't have, even have to respond, but if it doesn't come out of me, I'm going to explode. Like if I don't say it, I'm going to go crazy. So I, and it's, he's a trusted person that I can say it to and I know it's not going anywhere. So that was, that's my rule. And by the way, take that, take that rule and take it home with you. Do you need a vent or do you need some advice? Yes. I literally do that especially with one of my friends. Um, because it's funny though, because whenever I have a, I have a friend who calls me, um, to, to, for advice, it's more of like, she likes the vent, but she also wants the advice. So she's, so I'll be listening. And I, I automatically assume they just want to vent. That's like my first. And then, totally. so she'd be like, hello, what should I do? I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And even more so, this is a, a boundary you can set. If you don't want to be the person that everyone goes to to vent, I was that person before because I lived in this world of gossip. Well, Melinda knows everything about everybody. So I was a person that you went to when you wanted to share about somebody else, when you wanted to speak Lashon Hara, when you wanted to say something and get frustrated about somebody else in your life. I was the person that you called. And when I, I read this book, I were actually rereading it right now. It's a team in a book club called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. To all you entrepreneurs out there, if you have not read this book, finish whatever book you're reading. I won't tell you to stop it. <laughs> buy or library, although I would say buy because you're going to want to take a lot of notes and you're going to want to keep it and read it more than once. The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. There's a few authors. The one that always stands out to me is Jim Dethmer. He's amazing. It's incredible how much leading people do without being conscious as a leader, right? There's different types of leadership. And sometimes we think I'm running a big business and I make millions of dollars and I'm a leader, but your team is miserable and they're exhausted and they're working weekends and nobody's happy and nobody's exercising or healthy. There's different kinds of leaders. And this book is all about becoming more conscious of living above the line or living below the line. And one of the things in there was this whole gossip section. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, I feel like the, I highlighted the entire chapter because that was when it hit me that I am nonstop living in this gossip triangle. So what did I do? I was, it was this, well, how do I get out of it? I spent my whole life in it. So I started sharing with my friends and sharing with my coworkers and sharing with people in my life that I don't want to be that person anymore. So that's actually where that with my sister, we started with that whole, do you want to vent or do you want advice thing? Because it was so perfect. And it set this, even with my sister, it set a boundary of, if you want to vent, I'm here to listen because you're my sister and I love you. And that's cool. But it also meant that we were able to be more conscious of it versus just like getting on the phone for an hour and talking about people. It became more purposeful. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I love that. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes I just talk and talk and talk. I'm like, I think things are coming out that make sense. <laughs> no, it's so true. Being conscious of what you're of, of what you're doing. It's about like that, that that's the best way to live life, you know? Yeah. That's self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. Self-awareness is number is, is key. Like if, yeah. if you don't have self-awareness, then you just can't you're living on a different level of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that self-awareness isn't always being perfect. It's also being aware of when you're Right. doing things that maybe you don't want to do. It doesn't mean you're always going to live up above the line, but it means that when you're below the line, at least you're aware that you're there because that's how you get out. It's like when you fall into that, that well, and you're stuck there and you're just living there. Well, at least be aware that you're there 
Because that's how you are able to get out of it. That's how you can find the ladder, climb out, ask for someone's hand to help you because you're conscious of the place that you're in. So you can get yourself out of it. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. That's also something to say. Like you asked earlier about that. It takes time. And that's where the reading and the audiobooks and surrounding yourself with people who want for you what you want, even if it's not what they want for themselves, they respect you and they they celebrate you even when they don't even understand what you're doing. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. That's so important by the way, because if you don't have that support system, it's really hard to grow. Yeah. You don't need people to be your yes men, right? Or yes. Women or yes. Anything you, you, it's having people that's just support you. Mel, I have no idea what you're doing, especially entrepreneurs, right? How many times do entrepreneurs start a business or start another business or start another business And it could be business number 10 because you are a person who wants to make something work. And your friends are like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm in. (laughs) Like, you tell me when I need to celebrate you and we will celebrate, do your thing. Like, that's a good friend. Because people say that to me with the business that I'm in. I I went from network marketing business to network marketing business to a few of them because I love the whole concept of it. And I the first few didn't work. And it was never, hey, to my friends, you must buy what I'm selling. That was never like that. It was just okay, I'm starting again, but I want to make it work. So I'm going to find it until it does. And I found it for myself. And I'll talk to some people who are like, well, I'd love to coach, but, oh, I did this before. And all my friends are going to judge me. I'm like, well, I'll just ask some questions about that. Like, what are they judging you for? Because usually it's you judging yourself and you think that other people are judging you. And really they're just there to support you or they have judgment and that's okay because their opinion is none of your business. They're not paying your bills. But we worry so much about everybody else's opinions that we don't end up doing the things we really want. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Wow. This is full. Like you're you're offering so many great pieces of advice and information. <laughs> I can keep going. I, yeah. I love it all day. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about, about type, having type 1 diabetes. And I don't know if that relates to loving your body, but if you if it does, I'd love to hear about that. Oh, I mean, I do think it does in in certain ways. Uh, So I've had type one diabetes for almost 20 years. I was diagnosed December 4th, 2001. So Christmas Eve, which is always a fun time to be in a hospital when everybody's not working. Uh, It was okay. It is what it is. It's part of my story. But so it's been almost 20 years. And I I will say the part about loving your body and I say to anyone with a chronic illness or any illness at all is that your chronic illness does not define you. It is not who I am. I am a diabetic. I have type one diabetes, but it is not who I am. Does it sometimes affect my life every day, (laughs) every day diabetes affects me, but it's my body is not broken and it's not who I am. And I want you to know that too, because whatever illness you're facing, whatever you've got going on right now, it's not who you are. And again, your body isn't broken. Our bodies are what they are. Nobody's body's perfect. We're all dealing with different things. My, my pancreas is broken. Uh, that that's for sure. <laughs> but my whole, but I'm not angry at my body for my pancreas not working. It's just is what it is. And it's out of my control. So instead I want to focus on what I can control. So that's what I focus on with my diabetes. And my son was diagnosed in August when he got home from camp with type one diabetes, 13 years old. And thank God he is reacting very similar to the way that I reacted when I was diagnosed. He's like, it sucks, but okay, what do we do now? 
like, okay, I've got diabetes. I mean, I didn't know what it was at the time, but he's like, all right, so what now? Like, how do I take care of myself? How do I still get to eat donuts? Like, <laughs> how do I make my my life as normal as possible while living with this disease? And that's what we focus on. Wow. That really shows a lot about you though, as mother. Thank you. He also sees it. Like he sees his mom has diabetes. Like we asked my daughter, Nora, how do you feel about Zach being diagnosed? She's like, you're fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, yes. What a great reaction. I didn't tell her to say that, but it's, it's so true. There's nothing to fear. You know, as long as you're taking care of yourself, obviously it's, it's a scary disease. Any disease is scary, but I don't live my life in fear. I live to help myself and to be healthy. It's, it's two different mindsets. There's abundance mindset and there's scarcity mindset. And with my diabetes, I choose abundance. How do I take care of myself? How do I be healthy? How do I live an incredible life with this disease versus living my life in fear of the disease? So every choice I make is based on that. Right. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So how do you, how does it affect you on a daily basis? Oh, every, I mean, every decision I make is somehow related, especially with food. That's the main part. Every time I eat, I take insulin. Uh, I'm attached to machines. I have an insulin pump. You know, if you don't have a pump, you have needles. So there's always, you're always carrying things with you. There's always things stuck to my body that keep me alive. There's tubes. There's just always a lot of stuff that's attached. I just actually, before we started recording, changed to a new insulin pump which I don't know what I was thinking with that kind of stress, but going into it, I'm like literally 10 minutes before we started, I was just finishing up with my pump. I'm insane, but <laughs> I just wanted to get it done. I talked about it in my stories. I was like, just, I just want to do it because otherwise you keep pushing it off. If you keep getting in your head about it. So I'm like, just switch, but I'm attached to a lot of different machines. And every time I eat, sometimes I'll have low blood sugar just because I went for a nice walk. I'd say a nice walk. I don't walk a lot, but I went shopping right. Or things like that. My son has the same thing. He loves to go for walks with my husband and you got to think, got to take a juice box with me because if you get low or you have a really high, high, when you're out and you don't have things with you, it can be really dangerous and life-threatening. So it's always with me. Every time I leave the house, I have to make sure I have all my things. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot, but like your attitude is, is so amazing. And I, I feel like it's, it's like you carry the same attitude over with your clients, that abundance yeah. mindset. Oh yeah. It's, it's taken work. It's, I mean, with diabetes, it's always kind of been natural for me, which is interesting. Sometimes people ask like, how do you feel that way? I'm like, I don't know. It's just, when I got diagnosed, I was like, I'm glad it was me and not my siblings. That was my first reaction. Can I tell you why? No, <laughs> no idea. Like some people, you know, get diagnosed with something and turn away from God. It actually, my thought was, well, I have this for a reason. God gave it, whether God gave it to me or it happened on it, whatever it is, I didn't blame God for it. Like those things didn't, and I'm sure it's part of my upbringing and it's a part of my parents and what they instilled in me, but I know it can also be taught. These things can be taught. You can learn to love yourself. You can learn that you are not broken, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what chronic illness, no matter what size you are, you can want more for yourself. Like I can completely accept and love myself as I am, but I can also still want to be healthier. I believe in that. Cause I, that's something that I talk about a lot with people, especially on Instagram, you know, there's this beautiful movement of body positivity. And I love this movement, but I also believe that this movement doesn't have to come with not working on your, yourself and your health, love yourself as you are and love yourself enough to want more for yourself, whatever yes. that looks like that doesn't have to mean weight loss at all. It could mean a million different things, but weight loss could be one of them. 
you can love yourself in whatever way you're at and still want to go on a health plan because you have goals for yourself. Your goal isn't necessarily about love. It might be something else. It might be getting your cholesterol down. It might be a physical thing, being able to hold a grandchild or being able to get on the floor and get back up again or walk down the block without breathing really heavy. So there's a million different reasons, but I do believe that it, it starts with learning to love yourself, which is so hard to do. It's not easy. And sometimes it starts, like I have a lot of clients who start because they're frustrated, they're angry, they want to lose weight. Before any of my clients even start on the program, we talk about why they want to change. Not just how, and not just, just, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose hundred pounds. Amazing. Why? What's changing in your life when you reach that goal? Like you're going to lose hundred pounds. Incredible. What's changing for you? It's not just about loving yourself. What else is there that like actually visualizing what that looks like when the change happens? Yeah. I mean, and this really applies like to everything in life. It's always the why, because if you don't have a strong why, then you cannot continue to do whatever you're trying to do. Because when the going gets tough and it will, mm-hmm. um, whether it's starting your own business, running your own business, whatever, you know what I mean? Or losing weight, you have to have that why. Yeah. There's always going to be challenges. Yeah. There's only so far that you can go on that like initial excitement. People say, oh, I don't have uh, what's the word for it? Uh, Motivation? Oh, shoot. Mo- not the motivation because the motivation is what's important. It's that initial, again, that excitement. I cannot think of the word. It'll come to me at some point. It'll be like later on, I'll, I'll message you and be like, I thought of the word. It's you have that initial excitement. And that's why things are so easy at the beginning. Adrenaline. But short, not the word either, but we'll get there. We're going to get there. Adrenaline also, because it comes from a place of adrenaline. And then you have a challenge. And then what happens? It's the why that motivates you. It's, It's this intrinsic motivation that keeps you going even when things get hard, because they will. Absolutely. It is inevitable that you're going to get some challenges. And in those moments, the willpower, aha, that's the word I was looking for. The willpower goes, people go, I don't have any willpower. I can't do that. I'm like, I don't do it because of willpower. Willpower is what got me started, but eventually willpower fades. So what happens when the willpower fades is what you do. That's the motivation. That's the why. That's always tough, figuring out your why. That's, I think, why coaching or having a therapist or having someone to talk to is such a valuable thing because figuring out your why on your own is really difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I were I also um I, I work as a business and, and marketing consultant and I that's the first thing I do with my clients. And very and if if they've never worked with a coach or anything before um or a consultant, they're always like they 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 have a little bit of, of a hard time understanding and I have to explain to them, no, no, this is essential. This is your foundation. Right. Like why are you building that business? Yeah. Why are you posting on Instagram every day? Why are you posting on TikTok every day? Right. Those things take work. And what that why gets you excited. Totally. Like I get excited to post on TikTok. I still get excited to post on Instagram. I love it. I'm a Facebook. I'm a little slow with these days, but maybe I need to figure out my why there too. But when I post on, on Instagram and TikTok, I know why I'm doing it. I know the lives that I'm impacting because of what I do. So I get excited to post where some people dread it. I love it. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't posted a video on TikTok yet. I'm like, I'm like shaking on the inside because I haven't done it yet. I have to remind myself like, Mel, it's okay. People will get their, people will get their videos, but I get so excited because the impact is my yeah. why. 
I'm still getting clear on it, by the way. Years, so many years later, and I still, and the why is always changing. Because sometimes you reach that first goal and you're like, what now? Like, yeah. In my business, I've reached a few of my goals. And I'm going, shoot, I really got to start thinking again about what motivates me so that I can keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Because right now I'm totally living in my comfort zone. You might not know it, but I am. <laughs> like right. People, right. people don't know. Nobody knows where somebody else's comfort zone is. And I have been for a little while living in maintenance mode. Yeah. Not pushing myself to do hard things. So and now I'm ready. I'm like so ready. I haven't figured out what that what that's going to look like yet. You'll all know when when it starts, but I'll share everything that happens in my life. But pushing myself to do hard things and pushing yourself. The question becomes, are you right now? To anybody who's listening, are you right now pushing yourself to do something difficult? Maybe it's listening to this podcast because you're pushing yourself to listen to more podcasts, right? You were someone who said, I don't listen to podcasts. But now you are because you realize that by listening, you're able to grow in your life. That's cool. Congratulations if that's you. But it's if you're not doing hard things, do you want to be doing hard things right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm inspired right now by you. Seriously. (laughs) It's awesome. We could talk after. I'd love to hear what I'd love to hear all about your why. Obviously, that's not for now, but I'm always curious about that. I'd love to hear why people do the things they do. It's fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's also getting to know someone on a deeper level. It's not just superficial. Like, okay, what do you do? Cool. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's what differentiates you, really. Yeah. So, okay, let me ask you the question that I ask everyone, which is, what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh, my gosh. Okay. What I hope for women is that we don't feel like we have to look or be a certain way because of somebody else's expectations. That you don't have to suck in your stomach because somebody else might see that little pooch or big pooch, <laughs> whatever that looks like. That our bodies can just be because we want them to be that way. If you want to shave your legs, shave them. If you don't want to shave them, don't shave them. I don't care. Nobody should care but you. I always think about this difference of men versus women in expectation. That Men, and this is, men can be as hairy as they want and women don't have to shave and wax everything or laser everything, not have to, but it's become this expectation that men can have a big old belly. And when women have a belly, it's judged and judged by other women. Yeah. So that's the second part of this is not just that I hope for women that we do the things we want for our lives because we want them. But I also hope that we stop judging other women for our own insecurities and for our expectations of them. Yeah. 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 I love that. It's so true. It's true. It's like, we talk all, we talk the talk all the time, but like, let's walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And let's, I'm like, why are women are our biggest judges? Like some people exactly. say, well, I don't put on makeup for, for other men. I'm like, yeah, but sometimes women put on makeup for other women, put on makeup because you love putting on makeup. Yes. Right. Like (laughs) it's some, it's art. I mean, for me, I appreciate other people putting on makeup when I put it on. I don't, I just, it's a process for me. It's not, it's not self-care for me, but for is it is for other women. So I don't put it on. If I'm going somewhere and I want to feel extra special, I will put on makeup or get my makeup done. But in my personal everyday life, I don't, but it's not on me to ever look at somebody else and go, Ooh, she has on too much makeup. That makeup makes that person happy. Yes. Let her be because she, and I hope for that person who's putting it on, they're putting it on for themselves. So it, those two things go hand in hand very much. 
Like you look beautiful in your makeup. And we were talking about that before we even started, like the joke about putting on makeup versus not do it for yourself, not for other people. Yeah. It's so true because it just reminded me when I was in high school, I remember I was sick one day and my grandmother was visiting from New York and I put on makeup because I wanted to like feel, I don't know, for myself, obviously I wasn't going anywhere. And she's like, Oh, where are you going? And I'm like, nowhere, my bedroom. (laughs) And it's really important to be aware of that. to like that you could do things for yourself. It's not only about other people Yeah, because we live in a society that's very image focused, but it's also about like putting on makeup for the men, putting on Mm -hmm. makeup for when you, when you go out with your friends, like, or putting on, like put it on for yourself. And then that's the way to do it. Okay, great. So Melinda, where, (laughs) where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? All right. There's a few places you could find me. So first one, and it's the same name on TikTok and Instagram at the real Melinda Strauss. I'm also sort of a little bit on Twitter, but still working on that. You know, everything we're all trying to get on other places and build our business wherever we are. So at the real Melinda Strauss on TikTok and Instagram. And I also have a website, melindastrauss.com. So I answer, I answer messages on Instagram, anyone who wants to reach out, but I also answer messages that go through my email. So you can find me there as well. And I have all of my recipes for my food blogging days. And I still once in a while share a new one. All of that is on my website. That's awesome. It's like the old fashioned blogging, how they like, used to do it. You know what I mean? Like the actual oh, website yeah. blog. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you something. I love having a website. If you are building your business on social media right now and you don't have a website, get a website. Yes. They're free. Uh, ugly website. Just put it everything there. Don't even worry about how it looks, but know that you can start with that because in Instagram, TikTok, all these apps are unpredictable. They are run by somebody else, but a website you own. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much, Belinda, for joining me today. This was so wonderful to have you. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I look forward to having more conversations after. Yes, me too. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 